no, we, you know, I mean, we, we just, we, the bears are what we thought they were. What, what, they're what we thought they were. Say that one more time, play. One more time. One more time. Bear Essentials Podcast is sponsored by Kids Lager Brewery, located in Oak Park, Illinois. They're a local lager-focused brewery. The tap room is currently closed, but you can still order online for local delivery or curbside pickup. The Bear Essentials Podcast listeners will receive a 15% discount on your order by using promo code BEARSPOD. Please visit them at kinslager.com. That's spelled K-I-N-S-L-A-H-G-E-R.com. Welcome to the Bear Essentials. We are Chicago Bears podcast for the fans. On today's show, we will break down the Bears' Week 12 loss against the Green Bay Packers and much more. Hey, Dub, man. What the fuck, bruh? I know, man. Another one. Another one. (laughs) (laughs) Five straight, man. Yikes. That hurts. I mean, we 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 talked about it on the show earlier in the season, bro. Remember how people were saying, oh, don't worry about it, guys. It's only a couple, you know, wins in the road that we lost. We'll be fine, right? And what do we keep saying? Hey, man, these losses keep stacking up. <laughs> we, we might have some things that we need to be probably paying attention to right now. We got five in a row. Yeah, and five in a row. That lets you know you're slipping out of the um, chances to go to the playoffs. So um, can't afford to keep losing. No, because, I mean, right now, just because we're in the NFC, they still mathematically have a chance. But, bro, each week, man, these losses, man, they just get worse and worse. And like you said, even though we're still in the playoff chase per se, man, we do not look like a playoff team at all, bro. Not at all. And um, it's showing on the field. It looks like it's not one thing, it's another. Man, for sure, man. But before we get into the uh, the nuts and bolts of this episode, we need to go, go ahead and recap our keys that we uh, that we brought out on the preview pod, right? So right. I know you had mentioned on that preview pod, one of your keys was to make uh, Adams ordinary and not extraordinary. How do you okay. think we did there? We didn't do a good job there. I mean, numbers-wise, you may look and say, oh, he didn't have that many yards. But impact-wise, he done his job. You know what? I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Uh, he was targeted, and like you say, he made the most with those targets, right? Correct. The second key you had, you wanted us to convert on third down. What are your thoughts there? And I'd be mean, pleased. Don't hold back, bro. <laughs> My thoughts on third down. I thought we did okay. And here's why. Uh, we'll get more into this later. But the thing is, we didn't get enough opportunities there to convert on third down. We made a lot of big plays in this game here. And uh, it was a unique type of game there where third down didn't become a factor. Yeah, that, that's 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 a, that's a key point. And like you said, we'll probably get into it uh, further in the episode. But yeah, I think it was a lot, lot of limited opportunities. So, uh, and we'll we'll definitely touch on that as we as we get a little further uh, down the road here. One of the things that I wanted to touch on with our audience, real quick, a dub is you know, I mentioned that we needed to get pressure on Rodgers. Right. Uh, h- historically, we know that he's the type of guy that if he has time in the pocket, he'll pick you apart. Right. Right. And in this ball game, I'm just gonna keep it real short and simple. We had no quarterback sacks, no quarterback hits, and there was hardly any pressure at all on him, right? Right. So we can automatically see when we see this score, and we know why we lost this game, because Aaron Rodgers, you know, carved us up, point blank. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> and, then, 
And then my other key, A-Dub, is you know how I've been harping on this all season is the fact of running the ball, right? Right. And in this situation where I looked at it, I said, we ran the ball to a degree. We had success from it. However, we didn't run the ball, I thought, effectively enough to keep Aaron Rodgers and that offense uh, off the field, right? And that was my, one of my main keys is run the ball so we basically keep the ball out of his hands. Right. And we can see in this ball game that Green Bay owned the time of possession in this ball game. And when you're going against 12, that's not something that you want to be looking at. No way. You can't get 12 that much time on the field. He'll take, pick you apart. Every single time, man. Every single time. Man, I mean, I, I, I kept it cool tonight. I'm going to have another beer here, man, because you know what? We deserve it and we earned it. <laughs> so we cracked mine open, too. <laughs> I need it. Yeah, man, we we deserve this, bro. I mean, the fact that we're up at, uh, at 1230 in the morning talking about this trash-ass game and shit, man, we, we deserve this. You know what? I might have a second one. If, <laughs> <laughs> shit, if we're all long enough. <laughs> you know what? Probably going to have me a second one as well. <laughs> Just watch. <laughs> yeah, right? Um. But one thing I wanted to ask you, A-Dub, I mean, let, let's just be let's just be honest, man. There was a lot in this ball game that we could pick apart. Um, there were some things that were positive, but I'm also one of these people that I'm not into moral victories. The NFL is a results-oriented business, right? This is a little league, right? We're not giving out participation trophies and awards. So at the end of the day, we lost. But we're going to make sure that we hit things on both ends of the spectrum. Uh, we do want to focus on the things that we thought that worked well tonight. However. Right. We're going to also keep it a hundred with you guys on some of the things that we still see as, as reoccurring problems. Before we get into it though, I want to get your thoughts on the offensive line. So when we looked at the offensive line and you and I have talked about on this podcast in the, in the past, especially when it came to Sam Mustafer, he's someone that I mentioned on tape that I really like the way that he plays. He hustles, he finishes blocks. So we see that they put him in as center now that he was Correct. back healthy and they moved Cody Whitehair over to the guard spot. Right. Alex Bars was in there. They moved the Fetty over to right tackle, and then Charles Leno as a left tackle. How do you feel that they've uh, performed today on that offensive line? You know what? I can say the line was the reason that we didn't win this game. Matter of fact, I thought they played pretty well for the most part of the game. Yeah, I think so too. Um, I think that outside of a couple situations that we'll probably get into yeah. a, l- a little bit further when we do some of our breakdowns, I would say this. It wasn't the part of the team that I thought, damn, that's the reason why we lost today. Right. Honestly, I think that's our better offensive line unit. Anytime you get uh, cowered off of that offensive line, I think it's, <laughs> I think it's an upgrade, bro. <laughs> I knew you were going to go that route, though. But you know what? I do like that switch, though. Because remember, Cody was also playing center, but he's also, like you said, playing a guard now. Uh, I like that, have him in there. So you're right. This has been our best lineup from an uh, offensive line in weeks, right? I haven't seen us perform this well even in a game, right? like this in weeks. So to me, that was a positive. We also saw that Mustafa got the snaps to Mitch. Uh, Mitch had some, you know, obviously we he turned the ball over a bit and he had a couple miscues with handoffs and whatnot, but Mustafa did his job. He got the snaps back to Mitch. And that's an area that has brought been brought up on the podcast before in a way with Cody Whitehair and his snaps. So right. I think moving him over to that guard spot, I think will be good for, for this offensive line going forward. Yeah, I'm glad they actually, uh, you know, um, that they thought about making that move, making that switch. So it did look good, actually. Yeah. One thing, though, A-Dub, 
and we're going to definitely, definitely drill in on this a lot with this defense. But we saw the Hakeem Hicks, and we kind of predicted this on our preview pod that he probably wouldn't be available in this game due to his hamstring injury. So he was out today. Right. We've also seen that when Hakeem Hicks went out with the hamstring in, uh, injury initially, how the defense's play kind of basically the aggressiveness of that line went away when he was on the bench. That defense today was missing something, right? It makes me wonder even more so, is this guy like the heart and soul of this defense? I mean, because a lot of people will look at Mac and they'll say, hey, he's the, you know, the he's the guy that kind of, you know, he's the he's the guy, right? And right. Then we've talked about how Ro- Roquan Smith has played at an all-pro level. But right. when you look at a guy like Hakeem Hicks, something was missing out there tonight. Do you what do you think there when you think of Hakeem Hicks? When I think of Hakeem Hicks, I think of, and I'm gonna go to this analogy and bring it to basketball. I think of Scottie Pippen. And what reason I'm bringing it up because everyone gets to play their role when Scotty's in the lineup, right? You're not asking Jordan to do too much. You know, you're not asking other guys to do too much. So to me, missing Hicks, you know, showed that his value is very big in what we do, right? And stopping that middle. I mean, we had nothing going in that middle without him, really. I mean, it looks like the Packers just looked at that spot and said, hey, that's the weakness. We're going to attack it. So I will say Hicks proved his value. We have not realized how valuable Hicks is to this team. We know now. <laughs> Yeah, and one thing that you brought up, and I really like that point where you were kind of going down that road. We saw in that first quarter, the first drive of the ball game, the Packers had a 14-play touchdown drive, and they ran the ball down our throats at will. Right. We talked about in that preview pod, and no disrespect to the other guys on that D-line, but we said the others had to step up. We saw in this ball game today that those others did not step up because they consistently were getting big gash yards over the middle with Williams and with Jones. Correct. Yeah. And Jones and Williams went to work, man. They took full advantage of the opportunity. And matter of fact, it looks like the coaching staff for the Packers took full uh, advantage of that opportunity. So I got to give them credit, really, from um, from the standpoint, if you're a Packers fan, right, you're happy about that. But for as a Bears fan, I'm like pissed, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, but the thing about it is, this is the thing that we as Bears fans have been harping with this, uh, with our team, is Know your personnel, because in this game, the Packers, they knew, okay, you know what? This team is without one of their top defensive players, right? Right, right. And we know the strength of our team is basically these running backs that we got on this team. And what they did is they put those guys in position to make plays. And that's the thing that we're seeing with our squad, that we're not doing those things. Right. That's a big difference right there. And another thing I want to bring up, you know, um, it shows you even with our team, right, without having Hicks there, it showed that other guys had to step up, right? And I mean by other guys, I mean like the secondary, like with Bojack, you know, guys in our secondary had to come up to try to help stop the run. And with them doing that, as you can see, right, it hurts them from the standpoint of having to guard some of these wide receivers and tight end. So uh, it hurts. Don't even get me started on Eddie Jackson and his business decisions, bro. <laughs> I'm just saying, man, I <laughs> it, it pains me to come for him, man, but it's just, man, it's like, when a guy like that, man, is paid what he's paid on national TV, prime TV, man, like primetime TV, it's these situations where he's coming up and he's not putting a helmet on these guys. And I just don't understand. I just, I don't get it, man. I don't get it. it we, we were getting gashed. We need our safeties to come up and, and make plays. And, and with that, I was highly disappointed, man, in our secondary today. It's not just even Bojack I was disappointed with. I was also disappointed in screen. Uh, don't even get me started on him. Yes. Because, <laughs> because the Packers, 
they saw what everybody knows about this defense on film that you can scheme and you can exploit him. It's what we've been talking about since the Titans game when they did that with A.J. Brown. You see that the the Vikings did that with Jefferson. And now you saw today where the Packers did that not only with Adams, but they did it with St. Brown and they did it with Alan Lazard. Yep. And they all took turns eating off of him. They all say, go to the slot. (laughs) Go to the slot and go to work. Whoever's in the slot, that's the guy I'm going to. And it worked out favorably for them. That was like basically like when we were coming up and your little brother wanted to hoop and you were like, that's cool. And it was barbecue chicken all day. You know what I mean? Like, that's what Buster Screen is now. Barbecue just, chicken. Barbecue chicken, man. Game over, right? <laughs> so, yeah, man, they put, like you said, man, you got a little guy on the court, you put him in the post. Post him up all night long. All and that's what they long. did. They posted him up. They posted the screen up all, all night long, man. And can they get this man some cleats? Because he was slipping all over the fucking field. I'm like, bro. <laughs> it ain't raining out there. Right. <laughs> hey, man, you you on the ground a little bit too long, man. It's, it's like, you know, you're getting burned out there. Man, that shit was embarrassing, son. <laughs> <laughs> man, I'm like, come on now. I'm like, think all the guys that are growing their hair out right now, bust a screen, dude, you, you giving them guys a bad look, man. You need to stop it. For real, Figure that man. shit out. For real. <laughs> he going to have dudes cutting their hair out here. <laughs> man, Buster Scream, man. That name, that first name, definitely keeps showing up. Yeah, Buster. <laughs> the, the one thing, though, A-Dub, that I wanted to get your opinion on. So we saw that that offensive line for the, the Packers. Yeah. We saw in that game where they were showing the replays where those guards and, and, the, and the centers, they were getting out there and they were putting, you know, helmets on people and they were pushing the Bears defensive linemen back. Um, they did a really good job, I thought, in that run game, right? But Yes, they did. We talked about in the preview pod, Corey Lindsley. He's the Pro Bowl center for the Cowboys. You saw where he went out in the ball game. And Ryan uh, mentioned on, on our preview pod that, hey, you know what? The backup that's going to come in there, he's going to be a pretty versatile guy. And we saw that he came in the ball game, and they didn't miss a step. No, they did not. And one of the things, too, that I was kind of thinking we might have had a, a slight advantage with if Lindsley went down is I thought we may be able to get some pressure on Rodgers. And that didn't happen. Not at all. So what, what was your thoughts there? Because when, when that matchup happened, when Lindsley got hurt, I mean, were you kind of thinking the same thing, that we might be able to you know get some pressure on, on Rodgers in this game? I thought the same thing, but what ended up happening is that um, they start to, to me, they start to play better on the line when they brought them in. So it's like, okay, they didn't lose a beat. I mean, you never even noticed if you really weren't paying attention. If you're just a casual fan just watching the game, you haven't even noticed he was gone. So I would say they made it look very simple. I mean, easy transition right into the game, and it worked out to their favor. Absolutely, man. And the thing about it is, when you have a situation like that as a defense, uh, when you have a guy like that, that is out of the game, you got to take advantage of that. And one of the things that I wanted to talk about was Pagano. Um, I've been very critical of him and his lack of aggressiveness on defense. And I know some people will say, well, hey, Perez, he's doing that because of the offensive and their struggles, right? But, A-Dub, this is something that you brought up on previous podcasts. You talked about that 2018 defense and how that defense took the ball from people, how they created havoc for opposing offenses. right? And that was that Fangio defense that around the league people feared. Absolutely. We're a long way away from that defense. Oh, yeah, we're ways away from that defense, man. This defense, I would say, is more of a grind-out defense, but it's not an aggressive defense, right? 
And that's what we were in 2018. Our defense was aggressive. As you can see out here, what we do, we don't get a lot of interceptions. We don't create a lot of turnovers, right? Because we're not aggressive like that. We play this, this type of zone coverage, and we rely heavily on our defensive line. So if they, however they go, that's how we go, right? If they put pressure on, we would do well. But what you see, that's what we go with right there. We don't have that defensive line presence, as you can see today, right? When they have Hicks, we don't look as strong as we normally would. But you're right, man. Doesn't look nothing like 2018. No, I mean, because we got punched in the mouth uh, on defense tonight. That that uh, Packers O-line, they, they took it to us. And that's a situation where that's a team that came out. They were ready to compete tonight. And one thing that I wanted to say about these Coach Nagy coach teams, we continue to alpha of a bye week to come out flat. And this has just been a poor usual with his teams. And you would think that most organizations, most football teams, after the bye week, they come out prepared. They come out ready to go. Absolutely. Not the case with this team. That's the most disappointing part right there. You come out of a bye week and you show up like this. I'll give the offense credit for coming through, but I'm more concerned about the defense, how the defense did not give us anything in that first half. I mean, the first three drives, right? from the Packers, they scored a touchdown on. That's when our defense has absolutely nothing to do with the offense. That's all defense. That's all defense. Because the thing about it is, and I hate to do this, but the defense put the offense in bad spots. Um, (laughs) Right. (laughs) And I would say it is, A-Dub, and this is something that everybody knows, but this offense is not good enough to lose turnover battles, which we lost today, right? Right, But at the same time, I still think that defense put us in a bad spot. Oh, it did. It definitely did. Uh, I didn't think even when Mitch threw that turnover, um, the interception in the first half, I didn't think that's hurt us a lot. You know, and, and here's why it didn't put them in a good field goal range, whatever, in field positioning to score against us, right? That's came off our little momentum. You know, we were actually having some momentum going. And then Mitch kind of made it through a turnover, right? Right there by trying to go to the end zone to Mooney and it didn't work out, right? Uh, from that standpoint. But I don't think that was that that situation there hurt us that badly. It actually didn't. And one of the things that I'm glad you brought that up. I actually was happy that he took that shot. The only thing that I warded on that play, though, it looked like Mooney, and I and I hate to criticize your boy, but it looked like he either ran the wrong route or he quit on that route. And I, obviously, Mitch taking that shot, okay, cool. But, man, sometimes you just got to know, like, man, in this situation with the offense is moving, man, maybe, maybe not take that shot there. I mean, personally, I saw, like, okay, great, do that. But... Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I'm going to have to look at some film on that, but it just seemed like maybe Mooney didn't right, run the right route. But also, too, he could have maybe done a little bit more to try to, like, get there and, and maybe make a play to maybe knock that ball away from Savage. I don't know, man. But just on that play, I just feel like we got to do more and maybe, you know, be more defenders in situations like that, you know? No, I agree. You, you know? For what I saw, I thought the same thing. It looks like Mooney may have slowed up a little bit, and it looks like Savage outranned him. Remember, Savage coming from the other side, right? Right. He cuts in front of Mooney. Right. That interception. I thought Mooney was going back and forth with the other defender, you know, hand-wise. You know how they go, right? They touching each other a little bit, and they both run to the same route. I thought Mooney could have went a little bit harder to that play, but did look, look to have like he gave up a little bit. It does. Yeah. And also, too, um, when you looked at the replay on that one, A-Dub, it almost looked like he should have went for the post, uh, like the post-flag route, but he just ended up just going straight. Um, straight up the field. So I don't know. I'll have to look at that one on film. But that, like you said, that interception to me, while it wasn't the ideal time for that, I like the aggressiveness for them taking that shot. I just wished it. Why can't we target like maybe a bigger receiver in that situation? Um, yeah. 
no offense to, to Mooney, because Mooney's that dude, but man, dude, I want somebody with some height that we're going to target on a place like that. Yeah, I agree with you. You know, just that, you know, that's kind of what it came down to, right? I think you're right. We could have targeted A-Rod there. We could have went another route. But at the end of the day, you know, I'm not mad about the opportunity that he tried to give Mooney. Yeah, because he tried to give him a shot. He tried to give him a shot. Another thing that I want to think that when I want to talk about when it comes to today's ball game was missed opportunities. So yes, we also saw that David Montgomery ripped off a huge run, his biggest Woo. run of the season. Right, that's my boy Money. Yes, but I'll tell you one thing, man. He set them up at the goal in the goal line red zone scenario. Why do we walk away from that situation with only three points? Look, listen to me on this, bro. It may not sound most popular, but I'm going to go ahead and say it. I'm disappointed in two guys. Okay. Disappointed commit. You had the ball in your hands. You know, you end up dropping it because the guy gave you a little hit, whatever. The ball comes out. You should have caught that. That was close to the end zone. You should have caught it. He's had a lot of those fumbles, uh, fumble rooski shit, right? Yeah, exactly. Like it was almost a fumble, right? But he should have caught that. He should have caught it. No excuses there. Yeah. And then I'm also going to look at the fact that, hey, my boy A-Rob, right, had a 50-50 ball thrown his way. Oh. Remember, it's a 50-50 ball. He had it in his hand, right? You have it. The guy defending don't even see it. He doesn't see it. You got it. You take that. You keep that ball. You set it up. What you allow, you allow both of the defenders to knock it out your hands. That's a catch, bro. You catch that ball. You're a big-time wide receiver. You got to catch that. Play like it. Contract it. Play like it because you're right. Uh, One other area, if I I could, when they throw the ball to A-Rob, why does he always jump for the ball? I feel like... He could get so many yards after the catch, man, if he just basically catches the ball and turns it up the field. Yeah, it looks like he always does that a lot. You're right. <laughs> I didn't really recognize that part, but you're right. Thinking about it now, he does. He always going to go in the air for it. Just grab it and go. Right. Just, just go. But the thing about it is, is that I'm going to let A-Dub get that one in on A-Rob because he's absolutely correct, audience. On those 50-50 balls, when you're a number one receiver in this league, especially a receiver that wants to be paid $20 million a year, those are plays that we need you to grab because DeAndre Hopkins, and I'm not trying to compare the two, so listen to me, you know, let me get this thought out. But we saw the play where DeAndre Hopkins made an end zone to win the ball game for the Cardinals. That's a, a, a 33% ball. <laughs> he right. came down with it, right? Absolutely. And we also seen A-Rob make tougher catches, you know? We did. I think he made one, what, maybe a, a couple weeks ago, a tough catch. You know, they went out in the end zone where he's like, whoa, that's prime time. That's going to be on Sports Center, you know? Um, but and this one here, he misses this one. I'm like, come on, guy, you can't, you can't miss this one. You really can't. Well, I mean, and to your point, I mean, like as we mentioned on the last episode, that A. Rob uh, since 2019, he leads the league in contested catches. So we know right. that that's his skill set. But a lot of times this season, man, we've seen these 50-50 balls where either he hasn't come down with it or it's led to a turnover going the other way for the uh, for the opposing team. Yeah, this is on him. It's not on uh, Mitch. This is on him. Yeah, he's got to make that play. Because when you're going up against Aaron Rodgers, man, you can't leave points on the field, bro. None. The game will look totally different when we're going up 7-6. <laughs> I would say the game probably got different. Could have looked different. Yeah, it could have looked real different. So when you look at this ball game, man, what, what was that play for you that you were like, man, dude, this is the reason why we lost the game tonight. And I'm probably there was a lot of them, but give me one. The one play that really got to me. This happened in the first quarter, bro. That first, uh, I think it was the third play to where um, Jones rushed up the middle for like 14 yards. That set the tone, bro, that, hey, this middle is weak. And what that did, it changed the identity of the game. That means they're going to be a run team first and then a pass team second. And they milked it. 
You know what? That's a good one because you're right. Um, when when they came out and, and and they just started gashing us with those running plays, they did set the tone, and we never answered the bill. We couldn't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We we didn't. I mean that that was the way that uh, the Roy Jones looked in that fight last night against Tyson. That's how we <laughs> looked. We didn't want no smoke on defense, bro. Man, on some of those plays, man, we looked like Nate Robinson getting knocked out. Oh, oh, <laughs> man, down. Pick him up. Hip in distress. Hip in distress. Straight up, man. That's what it looked like on some of those plays. But, you know, that's the way it went today. Man, I don't even know, bro. Um, you- I would just say this, man. <laughs> that's a good call out because, like I said, Jones – he he was ready today. He he was ready to ball. He ran the he finished his runs and they kept feeding him and Williams. Yeah, it was both of them, man. It wasn't just one. I mean, those guys together, the tandem, I mean, they rushed the hell out of us today. They absolutely did, man. They absolutely did. For me, uh, A dub, I want to get your thoughts on this one. So my key moment was that fumble that Mitch had uh in the second quarter. That was the one that led to the Packers defensive touchdown. Right. And so that put them up by three scores at that point. Now, one thing for people to realize on that play, the refs, they missed a face mask penalty on that play with Mitch, right? That's correct. Correct. And I thought that that, that, t- that changed the tides for us in this ballgame because that call not going against us, that was a, t- a costly turnover, A, for us. But then, <laughs> again, we gave up points on offense to their defense. That's true. Very true. And that hurt. Yeah, it hurts badly, man. But check this out, Press. There were two face masks on that play. Mitch got his face mask pulled twice. If you look at the replay, bro, take a look at it when you get a chance. You're going to see his face mask getting pulled twice by two different defenders. And neither one of them were called. And and I'm saying, we're not going to be homers on this show, but A-Dub is correct on that because he's right. There was the second face mask pull. Also, something that uh, was pointed out to me during the ball game was the sucker punch that King put on uh, Darnell Mooney, and that was no penalty called on that one as well. Wow. Where's the respect we're getting? (laughs) No respect, man. None at all. No. And the thing about it is, that dude needs to be fined and suspended because that was some bullshit. It was. I'll tell you one thing. Had this happened to the uh, the Chiefs or Brady's team, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they would have called those penalties. (laughs) Just saying. Of course. Just saying. Of course. But you know what, though? Man, you got to earn respect in this league. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, you do. <laughs> Man. <laughs> they don't care about 2018. <laughs> no, no, uh-uh. Because you know how that go. That's like the stock market, man. You was you was the man. The high school, was you, you was the man, homie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. What the fuck happened to you? That's what. That's how they looking at the league. That's how the league is looking at the Bears right now. They are. They say, hey, you guys, on a, you all sliding. You already lost about four in a row. You're on your way down. Hey, <laughs> we're yep. not on your side. Yep. And uh, what'd you think about um, in that first quarter? Um, there were some times there when I noticed that uh, Devontae Adams was kind of like, you know, getting uh, lined up in a slot. He was getting lined yes. up all over the field. Mm-hmm. My question to you, when a guy like Kyle Fuller, who's all pro corner, why don't we ever see him shadow uh, these number one receivers? Why, why do you think that we don't see that? Because I saw that play where he was pulling Devontae Adams was passed off into coverage and Danny Trevathan had to end up covering him. And that was basically yes. a matchup that nine times out of 10 of the opposing team is going to win. No disrespect to Danny, but I mean, come on. Devontae Adams is a different boy. Right, right. The problem is, bro, 
and this is what you also are starting to see, is that we're getting tired of these zone coverages, right? These zone coverage allow you to hand off. You, you don't really guard a person, really. You're guarding an area, right? He's in your area, like a zone. You're in your area, you're going to guard him then. But once he's out of your area, it's a handoff to someone else. So we run these zone plays. What that means is these route runners, these slot runners, they can go, what, straight through the middle, right? And now someone else got to cover him, right? Now it's on Bojack. Now it's on um, Trevathan. Now it's on somebody else, right? So that's what happens a lot. You see it happen. It occurs several times. And we was watching film can also see this. And that's why I think Pagano has to say, you know what? I'm going to put my best guy on your best guy. We're just going to go to battle just like this here. If he, if he goes to the slot, my best guy is going to the slot to guard him as well, you know? And we don't do enough of that kind of thing. We really don't. Um, and the thing about it is, we talked about this in the past where when you had a number one corner, that mm-hmm. corner was was shadowing. He was going to basically say, you know what? This is my guy. I'm lining up with this guy as my responsibility. But like right. you said, in these zones, the guy's passing somebody off to another guy and you hope that that guy can basically make the play. Right. And to me, that's caused a mismatch right there. Now, if you hand him off, guess what? It's the reason why you were on him at first, <laughs> because he was that good. But when you pass him off, you got to realize the defenders on the coverage gets lesser, gets weaker. It's not by default. It's just that, they're, hey, we're not, they're not our best cornerback. You know, they're not our best corner. So now we don't know to, um, you know, to one of our um, defensive tackles or whatever you want to call it, right? So somebody else who's supposed to guard. Now you have, what, Trevathan, who's guarding our linebackers. You have him guarding. You also have uh, Roquan Smith guarding. So you expect those guys to try to do a better job than you, which most times don't always happen. It, it doesn't happen mostly at all, <laughs> you know, if we're being honest. And also, too, I mean, let's just call a spade a spade. When it comes to Danny Trevathan, he's had an uneven season, right? So the thing about it is, in the run game, he's been better as of late, but he's still someone that I worry about in coverage. Absolutely. You bring it up. I'll tell you one thing. The Packers knew that. Notice they picked on two guys today. And just take a look at the film. You look at the film, watch the film. Who are the two guys they picked on? You're going to look at Buster Screen. You're going to look at Danny Austin T. Exactly. Exactly. They stayed the hell away from Roquan Smith. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Even, even though he had a quiet night, but yeah, they did They did avoid him. So you avoid him, you avoid Mac. The thing, though, A-Dub, with this game offensively for the Packers, they had really long drives. So Correct. I mentioned that 14-play drive. Then they had a nine-play drive on the second offensive touchdown that they had. Yes. That was that was the series where Rodgers threw that touchdown to Mercedes Lewis. And that play really pissed me off, uh, A-Dub, because that was the play where basically Quinn was over the tight end. The tight end basically grown men just threw Quinn out of the way, and Jalen Johnson wasn't in position, and he basically beat him for an easy touchdown. And for yes. me, on a play like that, I'm just like, dude, there were so many things that happened in that one sequence that I'm like, that's coaching. Yeah, it is, man. And I was I was kind of mad at you know Johnson. It was like, dude, what are you doing? And I'm like, you know what? It wasn't just him. It was both of those guys. Right. <laughs> so right. like you say, it was him and Quinn that I'm pissed off with. I say, what are you guys are doing over there on that side of it? Because the guys just slipped right past him and Jenna Johnson got caught in, in nowhere's land. And that was the end up story right there. Touchdown. Yeah. And and the thing about it was in that situation, that right there was a time that our Bears defense earlier in the year. They were holding teams to field goals in those situations. Absolutely. Abs- absolutely. And we looked like we weren't that great coming up about week in red zone today. Didn't look good at all. No, 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 not at all. What did you think about the offensive game plan today? From a Bears standpoint, yes. I actually liked the offensive games, um, the game plan. I really did. I thought we were looking to run the football. 
I thought we were looking to get Mitch in some um, good situations to throw in the football. I thought Laser uh, did a good job at um, calling plays. I thought he did first half, no doubt. Um, I mean, we were clicking. Uh, everything was seemed to working. They gave Mitch a good opportunity to make good throws. They put even put A-Rob in the slot. I like that idea. I was like, okay, now we're good. And then also Montgomery showed up with his rushing. I mean, we rushed the ball. This guy was taking off. So we had things clicking on all cylinders, you ask me, with the run game and the passing game. No, that's a good, that's a fair point. Um, for me, I thought we moved the ball well. I thought that there were times that Laser was dialing up some really good plays. Mm-hmm. I really liked that drop, touchdown drive before the half when they went quick, they went rhythm and they went quick play. Yeah, I thought that was a really good drive. They targeted Mooney a lot on that drive. Mooney, could, can, Mooney continues to make plays out there. doesn't look like a rookie. I thought that was really awesome. It was. Um, I would also say this, A-Dub. Outside of that throw that, that Mitch had into double coverage to Mooney, and I'm only speaking about in the first half of the game, I thought that Mitch was solid. I thought that he, he did okay. My biggest thing was the fact that I think when I look at that game plan, we left points on the board with that drive where Komet had the, the play that you mentioned in A-Rob with the 50-50 ball. Right. Also, after Montgomery ripped off that 57-yard run that you referenced, we went away from him. So that was a part of the offensive game plan that I had an issue with because after that play, he only had five more carries in that first half. That's circumstantial, I would say, <laughs> in a way, because you're right. We had the interception that occurred, right? And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I believe um, the fumble happened, right? Yes. So, well, But think about before that, though. Before that? Okay, I got what you're saying. I got what you're saying. Okay. Yeah, we could have done a better job with that. But you know what? I wasn't too much overly concerned because the thing is, here's why I wasn't overly concerned because the fact is you have Green Bay putting up touchdowns, right? <laughs> and, and now we're trying to get into the game, right? And with that, when you're behind, you already know this, right, Perez? Your first reaction is to try to air it out, right, to get back in the game. So, so most times you may see a lot of teams avoid the run. I figured we'll go back to Montgomery, but I didn't think nothing bad from this standpoint while we start trying to air it out more so than run it. Just my take on it. No, and I hear you, but I think for me at that point, mm-hmm. what you want to do in these games like this, you want to chip away at the lead. Uh, don't yeah. try to don't try to bite the whole apple, man. Take 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 a couple chunks out of it. And so my whole thing was that before the Mitch uh, fumble that basically gave them that three score lead, mm-hmm. leading up into that, after Montgomery had that big run. Yeah, we, we saw that they started putting Patterson in the backfield, and no disrespect to Patterson, yeah. but I'm sorry, I'm tired of these personnel groupings where it keeps him off the field. We should have had him out there. Also, I saw that there was times in that red zone that Jimmy Graham wasn't out there, and that's somebody that you basically made. You said that that was your most improved player. Why wasn't he on the field in the red zone? He should have been. I thought he should have been out there more than um, commit. Just my take on it. They decided to put Graham out there more late in the game. I wish I'd done that earlier in the game. Right. That was a bad call. That was definitely a bad call. Uh, but to your point, the play calls for the most part, I thought, in that first half, they were solid. We moved the ball. But those turnovers, those are the things that hurt us. We lost that turnover battle. Yeah. And also another thing with this offense, that inability to still be able to sustain drives, that's something that continues to hurt this offense. I agree. But you know what? You know, I thought from a standpoint what hurt us more was around, of course, those turnovers hurt us in the, in the first half. But we didn't punt the ball. We just had a couple of turnovers, and we saw Green Bay um, keep the ball a hell of a whole lot in that first half, right? So they just kept sending their drives. And like you said, these big play drives they had going on, that's also hurt us. 
well, shit, I would have rather punted that ball than that damn fumble that they ran in for a touchdown. I mean, my thing is this, man. It's like, make them work for that touchdown, you know? I agree. I didn't think that, you know, uh, the refs would miss that call, seeing that Mitch got his face mask twice. So I didn't really put all that blame on Mitch on that play there, particular one, because I was like, man, the guy's getting his face <laughs> mask pulled. Come on, ref, you got to see something here, you know? And they didn't. Right. Now, that's why I kind of made sure that, you know, I wanted the audience to reference that I I, I recognized this face yeah. mask was getting pulled. But at the same time, we just still can't have that. And that, and, I that, agree. and, that, and that hurt us. I guess my biggest thing, though, when I look at this game plan is David Montgomery just to me continues to be underutilized and misusing this offense. The other thing when I look at this offensive game plan is we still don't have a play caller that can mask our quarterback's inabilities. Now, you and I both talked about um, in previous episodes, how we thought that Mitch was the better, you know, fit for this team, the offensive line, and just for where they were going to go, right? Right, absolutely. But we're still not seeing the scheme fit what he does the best, right? Right. I, w- I would have liked to see more plays called where they got Mitch on the run. Mitch is very good if you bootleg him and get him going and throwing the ball in, in motion. They still kept him kind of in the pocket. And my thing is, that's not his game. Another thing with Nagy and or Laser or whoever's calling these fucking plays, I, I think it might be a mix of the two. Nagy still thinks that he's in fucking Kansas City for me. <laughs> Bro, that ain't Patrick Mahomes back there. It really you, ain't isn't. Got, you ain't got no Travis Kelsey, and you damn sure ain't got no Tyreek Hill, son. Right. That's factual. No, so get that out your head. No, you make a good point there, because you know what? We first start, now that you think about these plays we actually were doing in the beginning of the year, you can see that Nagy was operating like we had that same kind of line and also the same kind of weapons, which we don't. You got to scheme for what your team have, right? <laughs> it's like, you got to do what your, team, what your team do best, right? If you don't have those kind of weapons, you can't be joining plays that you don't have. For those right. Shows. Absolutely. Absolutely. The one thing, too, uh, when I'm just looking at a lot of the different things that this, this offense is just still not getting done, we are in a situation with this team where we are still, still not playing a complete ball game. So what I mean by that, A-Dub, is the fact that our defense for the majority of this season has um, pretty much <laughs> carried this ball club, right? Because the right. offense have had its struggles. Now, we look at today's ball game, and the offense wasn't the, the biggest problem. <laughs> so they, they scored over 20 points. And so my thing is in the NFL, when you do score over 20 points, you should win. However, and this was something that I was telling some of our Twitter uh, followers, I don't subscribe to um, accept the mediocrity. And so while I was happy that the offense kind of stepped it up, it still to me wasn't enough because a lot of those points that they scored came in garbage time. I agree. That I agree with. And I'm not going to celebrate that. Oh, no, no. We're down, what, 41-10 going into the fourth quarter. Yeah, the game was over, bro. It's over. <laughs> There's no way you're coming back to beat Aaron Rodgers when they up 31. It's not yeah. happening going to the four. And somebody want me to be happy because they scored two touchdowns and Mooney got a two-point conversion? Fuck that shit, man. Nothing to be happy for. I said in that, in that situation there, I was like, we should be playing for next game. Russell won a couple of things to get ready for next game. Here's our chance. That's probably what they did, and that's maybe what those fans were saying. But at that point, I wasn't trying to hear that, man, because all I'm thinking of, we had lost five straight. <laughs> yep. Uh, and 
we got the defense that they got gashed. So that was my point of like, we just still haven't played a complete ball game. So the offense finally showed up a little bit and mm-hmm. the defense got this punched in the mouth. They never got up. Yeah, the defense got gashed because the defense. <laughs> it wasn't because the offense, right? I think the offense only gave, like it's in the first half, right? The first half, the offense really just screwed up with that fumble. And that was return for a TD. We're back out there, right? So really, it's like we got we gave up three touchdowns, right? So to um to break, I'm sorry, to um to Rogers because our defense didn't hold up. That's on us. And the thing about it is, is that Pagano never turned up the heat on Rogers. He oh had no, way too much time in the pocket. Very comfortable. And the thing is, this is what you want to make a team. This is, this, is, this is one of the worst things you can do. And this is how I know this is called checkmate, right? It's checkmate where you can also run the football and you can also throw in the team, right? You're not one dimension. You can do both. So in that standpoint, we were hitting the mouth, bro. Like you said, we got hit in the mouth hard because now they were to do both on us. They can run the football and they can also throw it. Now what are our defense going to do? It's a hard way to get out of that jam there. And I'm, let's just let's be honest, man, when it comes to this defense. The effort was piss poor. The tackling was awful. And my thing is, where was the pride at? Like, yeah, none. This is, this is supposed to be what you're known for. You, we're known for defense, right? Right. I couldn't tell. Couldn't tell at all, man. And, and, and the thing is, like you said, we're coming off a of bye week, bro. Yeah. Bye week. We should know Green Bay. We should know. This team is our rivalry for years. We let these guys get their 100 victory against us like this. You know, not like this, man. We shouldn't let it happen this way. You know, if they're going to get a win against us, let, let them earn it like they always do, you know, for the most part. But to win like this easily and to go up in the fourth quarter, 41 to 10, man, that looks uh, – man, it's, that's bad, very bad. And I really got to blame our defense for how they performed tonight, you know, the way they came out. They really didn't look like they were ready to play without hits. Man, Green Bay sunned us, bro. Like, for real. Like, sunned us. There's no other way to say it, you know, with what we saw. It's sad and pathetic that one guy being um, uh, being hurt and not on the field would lead to that type of uh, performance by your defense. And that says a lot about that guy's value um, on this team. And that's, something, and that's something that we need to be looking at because this is a guy <laughs> that particularly – uh, if they're looking at maybe moving away from him in the future, you might want to think twice about that. Because we also saw how last year when this guy was hurt, how our season kind of went sideways. So he's, his value is showing itself. Hakeem Hicks is very important to this ball club, but one guy's impact shouldn't f- uh, cause things to kind of fall to shit like they did today. Right. It shouldn't have caused this big of a um, you know, um, situation here, but you kind of look at this whole thing and say, okay, all right, we didn't have Hicks. Who should have stepped up, right? We're looking for, of course, Mac to step up, looking for um, Roquan Smith to step up. I mean, we're looking for so many other guys to step up, right? And we don't get that. So like you said, you got your boy Bojack cruising, still on vacation. Making business decisions. He got his he got his money. Exactly. You see now you see people, people are starting to attack the weakest links on our defensive side of the table, going to attack Trevathan, we're going to attack Buster Screen. So you start to see a couple of things happen from those teams who are watching us, right? And the thing is, Green Bay should know us, right? They should. They are rivalry. But we should also know them. We played today, I mean, tonight, like we didn't know those guys. I don't know what we played like, man, but I'm telling you this, in that first half, A-Dub, they had the ball 21 minutes. A whole lot of minutes. <laughs> I mean, so the thing about it is, to your point, the offense was barely even on the field. Right. And from what I saw, even though the def- uh, the uh, Green Bay Packers owned a time, of, a time of possession advantage, 
we were still moving the ball and we were only like probably 20 to 30 yards away from them for the half. Right, right. Absolutely. I didn't think we were out of it. I think we were still in it. You know, we still had a chance. Even with that, when we scored that touchdown, we we're getting the ball back in the third quarter. So I was like, we still got a shot. Well, and so what was key was the fact that we did get that touchdown um, at, at before, right before the half. And I was confident because I'm like, you know what? We're getting the ball back. Even though you've talked about this at Lyft uh, in previous podcasts about our inability to score in third quarters, I right. still thought, okay, hey, you know what? With Mitch back, you know, we'll go on a nice little drive here, run the ball, do what we got to do, and we'll cut that lead down a bit, right? Right, right. But then what do we see? We see Cordell Patterson in the backfield to start that drive. Yeah, that was, I don't know what the hell they were thinking on that play or, or that possession, I would say. And I'm like, well, he did run a, hard a couple times, but still, I didn't want to see him. I wanted to see Montgomery. Yeah. If we're yeah. not going to see Montgomery, okay, I will settle for Miller, right? You right. guys did say earlier, you know, in the week, whatever, that we might see Miller, you know, along with Montgomery, but that didn't happen. But that's another story. But I was thinking that maybe it'd be him if we're going to see anybody else in that backfield other than Montgomery. But it didn't happen that way. No, it didn't. It did not. Um, and my thing is, to your point, Patterson, he ran hard, but that's not the mm-hmm. point here. The point here, a guy like Montgomery, a running back like that, he gets a rhythm by getting carries. They get stronger as they keep getting the rhythm of the game and keep getting the rock. And we Absolutely. just didn't we didn't get to do a good job of getting him involved in that game plan. No, we did not. He should have ran more. I mean, I think he ran what maybe around what 11 times, I think, tonight. That's yeah, not for, enough, though. Not yeah. enough. Yeah, to my point, like remember I said earlier, yeah, he only got five more carries in that first half. After that big running play, now it didn't surprise me what's in that third quarter when we basically put the ball away after that three and out. Well, of course, if you don't score on that drive, now you're going to have to go more to a passing type of game and correct takes the ball away from him. But I thought that was their chance on that drive to have a nice drive where they could have scored a touchdown and gotten it back in that game because it could have been a two-score game at that point. I agree with that. You make a good point. Valid point. Yeah, man. So – you know, that that's just kind of the way I see it, man. And and when we look at this ball game today, the thing that concerned me, A-Dub, was the fact that we kind of saw this team quit a little bit. And I wonder, is that the signs that we're starting to see maybe there's some conflict or friction in this locker room? Or is this kind of like the beginning that Nagy has maybe lost the locker room? When you start seeing guys just, on the, just outright just not making things happen on the field, like, what is that? Like, wh- what did you think when it came to that? Um, I thought it was just guys missing plays. I didn't think that they quit or anything like that. Um, we've seen some guys, you know, time at a time missing plays every blue moon, right? And I thought that was just one of those situations where, hey, Green Bay played tougher than us, bro. They did. They played tougher. And I don't say, I don't think they quit on us uh, at all. I don't think, um, I remember the play that Bojack missed, right? I didn't think he quit. I thought um, that, uh, I think that was uh, Williams who rushed through. Uh, on that play there, that guy threw and spent the guys and, and ran in for a TD. I thought it was just more of him running hard and we're not playing physical enough. So it came back to bite us. Yeah, I, don't I mean, think we, I don't think we quit, though. I don't know, man. I just kind of feel like, man, they they went flat in that third quarter. That was their opportunity coming out of that halftime. They should have been fired up by the sense they scored that touchdown. They were getting the ball first. I don't know what the hell was said to those guys in that locker room, man, but they came out and that didn't look like a team that was ready to play. So I don't know, man. I just hey, see it like a little different. <laughs> okay, you might do, because I think we came out of that locker room, right? Um, what we ended up doing, we punted the ball, Green Bay got the ball, and they also, what, was it what, I don't know was it, what, how big of a drive that was, maybe a five-play drive, where they didn't happen to punt the first time in the game. So I thought we came out the halftime from a defensive standpoint, 
looking to do something. Now, how it ended, <laughs> different story, but how it started, I thought it started off the right way, the right well, way. Well, this was the thing. So, yeah, so to your point, so we had our three and out you know, yeah. on that, and then we got the Packers off the field, right? Yeah. But then, but then after that... Interception. <laughs> interception, and then they scored three yeah. plays. Left. And that was the play where Bojack got beat. Yeah, man, I don't know how the hell he get beat right there, though. Uh, maybe he bit too hard, and then the guy got behind him, right? Because I think Screen... Was I mean? I'm sorry. I think um, Fuller was over there, right? For at one point, and then he got past Fuller, and then he got past um, Bojack, and next thing you know, it's a big play, right? Touchdown. Well, so what? What I saw on that play, a dub, is I saw that the Packers keep that the Bears were jumping routes, right? Uh, and yep. that's and that's something that those guys do, especially Eddie Jackson. He he gambles on defense. That's how he makes his plays. But mm-hmm. I think that the Packers saw that on film. And that's really why that play came to be because they went totally misdirection on that whole thing, mm-hmm. and the Bears were just out of position. Definitely out of position. You're right. That was a good play call because I thought for a second it looked like the guy was going to run the football, right? And of course, they've been running against us all day and being effective. So it's going to make your safeties bite regardless because guess what? They're the ones that are come and get the tackle, right? <laughs> if the guy gets through. So if you bite just the one bit, which what happened, right? We bit, and that's the end of the story. End of story. And and I'm just gonna say this, man. When 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 we entered that fourth quarter, that game was over. It was over. I don't care about those meaningless scores that they had. We don't care about moral victories here. It was just disappointing, man. Just Very really disappointing. disappointing. Um, cause and not to like take a page out of Herm Edwards' book, man, but you play to win the game. <laughs> so all the time. So, you know, I just no moral victories over here. None at all. Matter of fact, while you're talking, brother, I'm going to crack another drink open. Yeah, I already I already did that. I'm on two over here. <laughs> <laughs> Not mad at you. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, so I don't even know how you feel about this, but who's your offensive game bar recipient for this ball game? I thought the guy who played the most effective at their position, I went with um, Montgomery. So I okay. thought he was the most effective with his carries and when he was um, catching the ball. The one thing I like about this kid, though, man, uh, was that when he got the ball, he actually ran hard. I mean, his cuts to, to throw the defense off, the, you know, the, the jerky kind of thing moves right there, right? He was, I mean, missing tackles, you know I mean, breaking tackles like he always does. And to me, I thought he was just that effective when he was running the football. I mean, we finally got a, 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 a what, a game where a guy rushes over 100 yards. Finally, right? <laughs> I mean, it took right. tough, but man, it's been a while since we had uh, our team rushed over 100 yards like this, right? So yep. I thought Montgomery was with his limited um, carries, he was very effective with them. I thought he should have got more. Of course, you and I both agree with that standpoint. But with him doing it, he was very effective, man. He was good in the passing game as well. I thought he would get the game ball. I would say this. Uh, I also would give my uh, uh, offensive game ball to Montgomery as well. The thing with him, he runs hard. Anytime he touches the ball, whether it's a running play or a passing play, he gives it everything he's got. He does. You can't have enough of that on this team. And so, I, as I mentioned earlier, I thought there were a couple players on this team to quit on us today. Montgomery was not one of those guys. Definitely um, not. And he's proven to us that he's our most dynamic offensive weapon. And I still, to be honest with you, can't understand why we continue to go away from feeding him that ball. Yeah. We got to feed him, though, man. We got to let the guy eat. He's eating like that. And he picked up a lot of good plays today. We got to let the kid eat. Let him go. Because the thing about it was... Don't go away from the running game until you actually have to. Keep these teams off balance. Because what we saw in this ball game is when the Packers knew that we had to throw the ball, then they started blitzing and they started teeing off on us. 
And they did. They did a good job in that standpoint. Because they already, like you said, they already knew we weren't going to run the football anymore. If we still continue to run that football, I think we'd have probably made it a little bit more competitive game than what it is now. Absolutely. What you got on defense, bro? Absolutely nobody. If you're going to give up three drives to Green Bay in the first half like that, I don't give a damn what's doing the second half, truth be told. But if you're going to give up three drives like that, bro, and, and not show me nothing, not get a sack, not put a lot of pressure on this guy, just let this guy sit back and cook. They ran on us. They threw on us. Nobody deserves it in my book. No one earned it. I mean, <laughs> nobody showed out. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to get a defensive ball to the fans that had to sit through and watch this game tonight. Um, <laughs> because I'm telling you, A-Dub, I agree with everything you said, man. That was some bullshit. They yep. quit. Andy Jackson still making business decisions out there. On that play with Williams ran that 17-yard run, and I'm sitting over here. He gave Andy Jackson a piggyback ride. He did. Into the damn end zone. Yep. <laughs> and I'm sorry, but the fans and listeners of this podcast, like I said on Twitter, we all deserve better. So you guys get the defensive game ball for week 12. Absolutely. Fans, you earned it. You earned it. A-Dub, who you got for your underperformer? Underperformer? I did think uh, it was Roquan Smith. Okay. I thought he underperformed for me. And, and here's why. I'm not saying he's, you know, it was totally his fault. But the standpoint, we don't have hits, right? We're losing value in that middle. I was expecting him to hit those gaps more uh, than he did today, you know? You saw they were looking to attack, to attack uh, Trevathan. That means your job to pick up the slack, right, over there or whatever. And I, I didn't see enough of his impact in this game here. Again, I love him. I think the guy's a, a, a still an all-pro guy, no doubt. Just to today, I didn't see that impact there. So to me, I'm having the expectation of a guy like him to continue to show us what he's able to do. Today, he took a step back. I can't even argue with that because, as I mentioned earlier, he didn't make the plays. I mean, the thing about it is, is that we've become spoiled by Roquan playing at that all-pro level this season. Right. And in the game where we needed him the most, he didn't show up. And I think maybe a part of that is the fact that he didn't have Akeem Hicks in front of him to keep those uh, blockers off of him. Uh, I right. think that those blockers got to that next level and they neutralized Roquan. They did. And I was hoping that he can show that, hey, you know what, even though Hicks is not here, maybe I can get past this, show some strength, you know, show some power, um, so his quickness and all that stuff. But you're right, he took some hits today himself. You know, that, that line was coming for him too. But I was hoping that he can get around that being an all-pro linebacker that he is. I thought he can, get, I thought he can you know, muster through all that. Yep, did not happen. Nope. Um, my underperformer, and this is somebody that I picked on earlier in the season, and I I, I, I laid off the guy for a few weeks, but I am back. Charles Leno, <laughs> bro, I am sick of him. And I know that people will say, hey, Prez, he was playing with a toe injury. You know, he might have been, you know, a little hurt out there. Right. But you know what? <laughs> when you strap it on, bro, you better get out there and get the damn job done. Because if you're hurt, then don't play. Right. There's a difference between toughness and being a liability. And I thought that he was a liability out there tonight. He got abused. How the hell was he the worst offensive lineman on the field? And this was a makeshift offensive line. Yeah, man. Um, (laughs) This guy, man, Leno, continues to show me that uh, he's not worth it. He's not worth an investment. And um, it's not just about this week, bro. I think he's been doing it, performing this way pretty much most of this year. So uh, to me, I'm not surprised you picked him. But I'm also like, you know what? What do we expect from a guy like him, really, at this point? Well, I, ex- us- I expect a guy that's, being, that's on a $38 million contract to stand up and play with some passion. And that's not what we're seeing. This is the thing. That holding call 
that he had that negated that first down throw to Mooney was another play that basically negatively impacted us. It did. It, it was a big time negative impact because right, that's what happened after that play. It made what it was like what third and seventeen or something like that, and it caused um, that fumble. That's what it, after that play. The, that the fumble hurt. happened the next play. Agree, agree. So you're right. That was that was huge, man. <laughs> a big time um, miss on his part. But you know what? He's been doing that all year, man. <laughs> Just screwing up. So. I'm not surprised you picked him, though, but at the end of the day, man, you're right. He should be playing better than what he's playing for that money he's gotten, but he hasn't shown me much at all this year at all. And it's not me just picking on him, bro. I'm just being realistic. He hasn't done much at all this year to make me realize I think that he can be a starter next year. Yeah, well, this is my thing, man. And this is not, even, and I don't even care who thinks that I'm over the top on this one, but, bro, I hate Charles Leno, fam. I, <laughs> bro, like, I hate him, bro. When I see his picture, when they, they do the starting lineups or whatever, and I see his face, bro, I get fucking pissed. Right. When I, when I see 72, I'm like, the only 72 that I like and respect is William Perry. You ain't him. Right. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah, man. He doesn't get, look good at all. Get off my TV, fam. <laughs> I'm not mad at you, brother. I'm not. I'm going to say this, man. Before we get into the next segment, we're going to get into our fan reactions. And I want to give some uh, some some shout-outs to those because they were really good this week. My quick point that I wanted to make for our audience when I look at this situation, attitude reflects leadership. So I agree. A-Dub and I talked about the fact that this team came out of the bye and they were flat. We got punched in the mouth, right? That's been a reoccurring theme under Matt Nagy. Now, I'm going to just keep it 100 Mitch Trubisky made his mistakes tonight, right? But this whole team wasn't ready tonight. You had players that weren't prepared, but this team continues to be poorly coached. We were embarrassed tonight on national TV. And I'm not into moral victories, as I said earlier. You win or you lose in this game. There's nothing in the stat column where they say, oh, this team scored more points than they have in the last four weeks. Nobody gives a fuck. So Matt Nagy should be on the hottest of hot seats going into week 13, bro, because this team continues to have no fucking identity. I agree with you, Press, but who also should be on the hot seat from where this looks as well is Pagano. We're not going to let him off the hook either because you know what? Truth of the matter, that defense that we know on the sea, that we're accustomed to seeing, we got none of that today. None of that at all. Yeah, but that's one week. But I would just say this, man. Nagy was that play caller for that offense, and this offense has been dog shit for two years. That's true, too. And so my thing is this, man. I look at this guy, and I'm just looking at this team, and they're just not getting it done. And I don't give a fuck that they still got a chance to make the playoffs. As I mentioned earlier in this episode, we don't look like a playoff playoff team. And even though we got the Lions coming in here next week, I'm not even excited about that matchup anymore because they fired their damn coach. He was the only reason why we had any sort of hope that we could beat those fucking clowns. That's true. And think about how we beat them earlier this year, right? We won because guess what? The running back missed a catch in the end zone that could have sealed a deal for them, and we lucked out and won that game. Yeah, Swift missed that catch, and that should yes. be that should have been game over. Yep, absolutely. That's my thoughts there, man. Let's let's get into some fan reactions, eh, Doug? Yes, sir. All right, man. So we had a fan reaction from Kenneth Sabi. Um, his uh, Twitter ad is uh, KJ twenty one twenty one, and he says, "I love the Bears." And I truly hope we get this team right. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we all love the Bears, you know. But if we're not going to, you know, um, the coaching staff is not going to get this team ready or prepared um, for, for, the, for the battle against these teams here, especially the good teams, hey, man, we're going to get some us to do the job the right way. And we need to have the players, the team to get evolve our players or develop them 
to be prepared for this as well. I mean, it's all about not just uh, that, but game planning, um, schemes, et cetera. We need all those things to be clicking on all cylinders, you know, and with our team to be ready for those kind of those kind of battles. I respect and feel that 100%. Uh, another fan reaction came from Allison. She's a newer follower of us. Uh, her Twitter ad is ABQ Bears Girl 88. And she said, not sure if I should laugh or cry. Maybe both. Yeah, she's right. We should do both, man. Um, you know what? It's 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 sad. And it's like, you know what? The reason why you like laugh because you're like, you're not surprised, right? If you laugh. Like this has been going on these past few weeks, right? So it's <laughs> like you just laugh, like nothing new under the sun, right? And then we switch a quarterback thinking that, you know, he's gonna be the hero to solve all of our problems. But find out we got more problems than the quarterback here, you know? So you're like, you know what? You don't know if you want to do one or the other, man, based on how you've been performing. And today was just at a point to where, when you know you get the point where you're like, you know what? I can't even cry anymore. You know? It's like, you know, you get at that fed up point where you can no longer cry. That's when you know you had enough. When you lose 41, to, you're down 41 to 10, you're at a point where you can say, you know what? I can no longer cry anymore. I'm just pissed. It's whatever. Get the season out the way and let's move on. Yeah, man, because when you get to that point, man, where you like you, I'm just sick and tired of being sick and tired. That's yeah. that's where that's where we're at as a fan base with this shit. Agreed. <laughs> that's worse. Now that's worse. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Uh, our next fan reaction came over from a friend of the podcast, Mitch Galloway, and he just basically asked, "Is Nagy fired yet?" Man, Mitch, um, it, it, it's coming down to that point. He's not fired yet, but like like you said earlier, Perez, he should be on the hot seat. And he shouldn't be the only one on the hot seat. Pace should be with him, too. <laughs> so we should have both of these guys on the hot seat. Pace, Ted Phillips, anybody that's a part of this current culture, <laughs> man, they should be on the hottest of hot seats. I agree. We're on the same page, brother. Yes, sir. All right, so we had another fan reaction from Joel Jacino, And uh, his Twitter ad is at JoelSteez23. And he says, I do not want to see Foles at all. I want to see Mitch finish the season out. I'd love to see Ted, Ryan, and Nagy fired, though. That's a good point. You know what? I want to see Mitch finish this season out as well because, you know what? From what I saw today, it looks like this offense can go with Mitch, right? And the thing is, Mitch didn't look bad, really. He had a couple of throws, right? A couple of bad reads. All right. Everybody can talk about that. But this <laughs> offense was going. It really was. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think with this offensive line that we try to reconstruct a little bit better, I think this helps, right? I think this is good. I do want to see Mitch finish the season. Keep follows where he's at. I'm cool with that. Yeah, I, I, I ride with you 100%. You already know how I feel up with, with Mitch. And like I said, uh, he, did, he didn't, you know, do himself any favors, but I also th- didn't think that he was the reason why we lost tonight. Correct. We're on the same page. Yep. Um, so we also had a uh, fan reaction from Bear Soldier. And his Twitter ad is at BearSoldier13. And he basically, to me, he had the, the tweet of the night. He tweeted directly at the Chicago Bears. He said, Dear at Chicago Bears, Every week I put my heart and soul into this. I'm tired, man. I'm tired. I will say this here. He isn't the only one who's tired. A lot of us fans are tired. We're tired of seeing a not, like you said earlier, Prez, a game where it's not complete. We're tired of that. We're tired of seeing guys like Lino um, not do a good job. We're tired of that. We're tired of seeing Bojack take a, a vacation on us, you know? We're tired of that. We're tired of not taking the lead on some of these games. We're tired of that. We want to win. The bottom line, we want to win. And we're tired of these losses, period. Yep. Sick and tired of it, man. It's enough is enough. <laughs> we had enough, man. Uh, the last Twitter uh, Twitter fan reaction came from Bloomin' Onion. His Twitter ad is at ALB3485. And 
he's also going to be the uh, the motivation beyond uh, the episode title that we're going to put up on this episode tomorrow. Like okay. he, he he created a new Bears logo, <laughs> and it took <laughs> it took the Bears that beat that the Bears used the cursive, mm-hmm. and he put embarrassing. It was. It was embarrassing the way this whole game played out. Being down ten to forty one to our to our rival like this here, I don't care who we lose forty one to whatever to right. Other than Green Bay, we cannot be down this far against Green Bay. And if you're gonna lose like this to Green Bay, it's a huge embarrassment because everyone knows the history and the culture between these two teams. So that kind of embarrassment is the worst embarrassment we can get playing against any franchise. Yeah, because to your point, 41 to 10 going into the fourth quarter, that shit was over. Everybody knew it was over at that point. That's that's the situation where you packing your shit up and it's like, all right, it's almost time to get up out of here. And right, that, that, exactly. <laughs> that's what that felt like at that point. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 spoiled Mitch's return, man. Truth be told, you know, it spoiled it. It's like everyone was kind of anticipating Mitch coming back to play, right? I know a lot of fans were. I was one of the ones who wanted to see Mitch back in that lineup. And then the way our defense played kind of spoiled it, bro. It, it really did, because I thought that that was going to give us a spark. And and to your point, I saw some things from him, and I was like, okay, cool. So there's some improvements there. Yep. Uh, we, we moved the ball because we weren't moving the ball before. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, as I mentioned earlier, we're not seeing a complete ball game, right? Because you'll have one phase that's doing a little something, and then tonight you had the other phase that just totally shit the bed. Right, exactly. <laughs> that's what happened. Man, so I, I don't know, man. As, as I said earlier, man, this team is not a playoff team. There's a lot of holes on this team. Matt Nagy, I'm sorry, they said in the press conference that he mentioned something along the lines that he wasn't concerned for his job security. But in my job, if I performed like he has done, I would not be sitting there smug and arrogant saying that there's not going to be an issue with my job security. I'd be like, you know what, I need to figure this shit out. For, for real, and step our game up. <laughs> yeah, because I'm going to borrow time over here, son. <laughs> exactly, man. You know the football field, you know, and football, it's a revolving door. So you want to keep your job, got to win. Mm-hmm. And my thing is this, too. I was looking up on that sideline, and he was doing something with a play sheet. He didn't have that fucking menu up to his face. <laughs> but he was doing something over there. I'm like, bro, what you he doing? <laughs> I was thinking he's going to try to call a play, a simple play up to, to, up, to, to up top and say, hey, hey, run this play here. You know, it looked like he wanted to get involved. <laughs> well, when I saw Cordell Patterson in there, I was like, oh, shit, that's a Nagy play. Yeah. <laughs> Nagy made the call, man. Man, I'm like, let that let let Laser do what he's gonna do, man. Because Laser might be all right, man. He might be all right, but you know, you gotta let him do what he gotta do, man. Nagy needs to stay the fuck out of the way, man. Like I keep telling you, man, I'm not sure what he's telling them at halftime, man. I don't know, I don't know, brother. I don't know what that conversation like, <laughs> dude. I'm telling you, he he's got to be. And this is the thing, because I've always given Nagy props in the sense that he's kept the team together. He built the culture of those guys, you know, sticking together and whatnot. But right. Man, he's got to work on whatever he says at halftime. Exactly. <laughs> it's not working. It is not working, bro. That's It's like the worst pep talk in the history of pep talks. It has to be, man. I mean, think about it again. Another game where we didn't score in the third quarter. So, <laughs> Oh, boy. But I was going to say this, man. We all deserve better. Uh, A-Dub. You and I got this episode in, man. I, and before we got into this episode, I was like telling you, I was like, man, I'm not even upset anymore, man, because I'm like, dude, this shit's embarrassing. It and is. These guys, 
they need to be taking this shit personally. <laughs> I agree. I agree. We were upset a few weeks ago. <laughs> yes. Yes. Now, at this point now, embarrassment like this here, like you said, Perez, it's embarrassing. I can't get upset anymore. No. These guys need to get mad, and they need to get out there on the field, and they need to step it up and show us, right? Agreed. Because I looked at that game, and I saw Kyle Fuller, who was being feisty out there on the, on the field. I saw Jalen Johnson come up with that big hit. But I didn't see a lot of guys on that defense that basically showed that fight. And that's what we need. They want to show a fight, I think, near the end when we lost. Now they mad because we got embarrassed. Now they want to fight. What happened to this earlier? You all should have put up a fight earlier. Maybe but the outcome is different. But I was looking at Fuller out there throughout the game. He was chippy. He um, was. And, and like I said, that play that Jack Johnson made, that mm-hmm. was like in the third quarter of the ball game. But you're, you're right. On that last sequence, I was like, man, it's too little too late for all that shit. Y'all need to cool that shit out. Right. As a team, I didn't want to step up. Like you said, we yeah. had a few guys ready to play, man. And that's not right. I mean, I feel bad for um, Johnson. I feel bad for Fuller on, on those plays that they try to show heart and soul. But the rest of the guys didn't back them up enough. I need to back them up. And where are our fucking safeties? That's all I'm going to say. Where are our safeties? <laughs> what safety? <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I didn't see them today. <laughs> no, they need to step up. Somebody needs to look in the mirror, man. For real. Well, hey, before we get out of here, A-Dub, uh, we wanted to give a quick update for our uh, November trivia contest. Yes, sir. So we had a couple matchups there on Friday. And so our final will be Brian Vincent versus Trubiscuits and Gravy. And that matchup will be tomorrow evening. Uh, We're going to record that and we're going to upload it to our YouTube channel. So if anybody that wants to take a look at that matchup, uh, we're going to get that game probably uploaded probably Tuesday morning. Uh, The link to our YouTube channel is in our bio, not only in Twitter, but also in Instagram. So all you got to do is just go through our link where you'll find our various uh, episode links. Scroll down to the bottom. Our YouTube link channel is there. And you'll be able to watch that uh, that matchup. So that matchup will be tomorrow between Brian Vincent and Trubiscus and Gravy. And I wanted to give a quick shout out to Brian Vincent because throughout this contest, he's the only person that had a perfect round. Oh, yeah. Good round. I mean, wow. Very impressive. Bear Down Nation didn't have a chance against him. And no shade to him, but, man, that was a buzzsaw. He did not have a, have a damn chance. Man, he was cooking on all cylinders. I hope he brings on his next one, too. You know, looking forward to this matchup. Hopefully he didn't score all his points in, in the Final Four and then he come in the championship game and then he, he, he shits the bed. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> We're really going to see. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, hey, Doug, let's go ahead and sign him off, man. Five, five and six. Uh, we're on to uh, Detroit. And uh, we'll see what happens. Yes, sir. Hey, Doug, go on and sign us off, bruh. Thanks for listening to the Barry Sanchez Podcast. This podcast is now available on Apple Podcasts. You can also find us on Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and Google Podcasts. On our next episode, we will preview the Week 13 matchup against the Lions with special guest Malcolm Hart from the Pride Podcast and much more. Bear Nation, come down with us. Hey.